You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. We're going to begin. In the beginning. How long well, you had them head- How long you had them headphones? Oh. Are those the same as these? The brand? Mm-mm. No, but Shane got me these uh, last Christmas. They're That's right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's nice. I like them. They're very nice. I like it. Mm-hmm. How much? I don't know. He got them. I now oh, look at the price. Oh, I trust him. I trust him, too. Okay. Okay. Welcome you to uh, this, this podcast known as Porch Talk. Though there are many, this one is mine. Mm-hmm. I'm out here hosting. I got my best friend out here with me today. I got Andrew Watkins. It's good to have you on. I am so delighted to be here with you, Alan. I'm I'm just glad that you're better. You are not alone. <laughs> I, too, am happy to be feeling the way that I'm feeling. So I don't know how much you want to open up about this on the interwebs, but uh, Andrew has been a pretty much a broken man for some mm. time yes back problems i mm. uh, had one surgery it didn't hit on sh- anything no Mm-mm. if anything made in, it worse that was in 2018 yeah but i think this if i would have had this second surgery before the first one that i would probably have been a little better because the extent of damage done uh to the upper part of my spine was a lot worse than the lower and I think that that caused the rest of it to hurt worse. Okay. Because, uh, like I told you, that the doctor said he wondered how I was walking because the my disc was pushing so hard on my spinal cord that it was making it an S shape. So he wondered how I was even walking. I told him, it's me. That's who I am. Can't slow me down. Yeah. You, you can cut that bad boy. I'm still walking. 
Cut that spinal cord. Man, I remember when I, I tore my ACL, and it went on for two or three weeks before I even went to the doctor to get, you know, like an x-ray mm-hmm. or a CAT scan to figure out what's going on. Hobbling around. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I kept telling myself I was... I twerk something that's going to get better because I've tweaked things in the past and like it was getting progressively worse. Mm-hmm. And I finally went to the doctor and I remember when they got the CAT scan back, the uh, practitioner, she may have been a doctor, I don't know, but she, she walked in and I had just seen a funny meme and so I was laughing. Mm. And uh, she's like, what are you smiling about? And I was like, oh, I just saw this funny meme. She's like, well, you're not going to be smiling after I tell you what's going on. And I was like, I like you. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> yeah. Not you tore your ACL. Oh. Was, uh, so uh, there's no other way than you have to have surgery to get that fixed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're talking about trying to prolong going to the doctor. I think as we get older, we're naturally a... Uh, we're more instinctive to know that we're getting older. So we're going to ache more. We're going to hurt more. It's yeah. going to be easier to get hurt and to get over getting hurt. Yeah. And so like, I know that's what I did with my back for a while until I got to where I couldn't, you know, even sit down <coughs> without wanting to cry. <laughs> that's the thing about it is like, um, when I tore my ACL, it was at a practice for the play I was going to be in. And, you know, the director and everyone in the play, well, we ended up like COVID. We didn't even have mm-hmm. it. I don't know if it's going to be a thing maybe sometime later this year. Maybe, maybe. so. I want to come watch you. You, you going to do it if you do it again? Yeah. You need to. I like to act, man. I will be there. Watch but, I, I mean, I still got the script right there. I'd have to relearn. I've forgotten oh, yeah. a lot. I imagine. <laughs> but uh, I remember our practice, of it was pre-surgery. And... So we had like redone a lot of my action scenes toward like my character Carmine. He was kind of all over the place and I had a lot of moving around and things yeah. I had to do. I had a fight scene and that's where I tore it. It was like not even in the fight, was just getting to the guy I was supposed to fight. Yeah. And uh, we rewrote the script to kind of fit me like being gimpy. <laughs> and then when I told everybody I was going through a surgery, we rewrote it like post-surgery like me on crutches yeah and so like the, there was so much work put into it and then we didn't even get to perform yeah. but i was like is that better yeah for real i think it was kind of like a blessing in disguise yeah maybe so you can get full potential of alan full uh, a connected with a connected acl yeah that alan that's the one they need yeah, that's the one i playing, want playing. i like that one yeah i like it i like yeah. that version yeah. yeah it immobilizes people when you, it's crazy how much your back controls you too. Yeah. It, like it's literally everything. I, you could think something's wrong with your calf and it'd be because of your back. Mm-hmm. Nerve pain mm-hmm. is something else. Different yeah. level. Yeah. Well, those, the plates and all the vertebrae, when Ugh. something starts pinching it, like sometimes you might feel it immediately where it's at, mm-hmm. but typically it goes down that offshoot. Yeah, yeah. Like, Dang, every time I move like this, my elbow hurts. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, it might not be your elbow. Yeah. Be tingling. Think about this. I was thinking, um, you know, with the way the world is right now and everything's so crazy, my mind just goes to a weird place. It's yeah. like, I'm thinking about, like, this post-technology world where we get away from electricity and we start trying to live uh, off the land again. Mm, we'd be, all be dead. A lot of people will be dead. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> a lot of people. Like, I think. 
I tried to go tomatoes this past year. You know how many I got? One. And it was green. Yeah, so last year when I grew tomatoes, I bought six plants. And Mm -hmm. all six survived, but only four bear fruit. Yeah, it don't make no sense. I I, I spent so much money this past spring uh, trying to grow grow stuff. I planted a whole garden, and I, I bought... 12 i think i bought 12 tomato plants my brother's stupid good at it he's got like a green thumb i don't know what it is he's coming to my house in the spring he he makes it look effortless like of course there's you know he would have like a legit garden like you know plowing and like yeah putting down like fertilizers a, a lot of seeds and like mm. putting in a lot of work but like outside looking in it which is not that much i didn't think so but then when i started trying to do a little gardening of my own i was like it's a lot more work than i thought mm, yeah but, man, I was thinking about this is like, so what if we if we are going to post-technology, which I'm not saying that we are. We're just having fun here. But yeah. um, think about, that. like, you have a hurt back, and, like, we go back mm. to this really tribalistic, like, you know, I, I could see us all being combine, and I think my mom's here. Hey. Well, why don't y'all come help your mama move that chair? Yeah. Billy wants a job with a name on his shirt He's coming in from the country and he's looking for work Though he don't want to die more than the world thinks he's worth Billy wants a job with a name on his shirt
Billy wants a job with a name on his shirt. And we're back. But like back to that like tribalistic thing is like think about before like medicine, modern medicine. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine like being in a tribe and like having a tore ACL or a bad back and not being able to provide? Would it be like would you be left behind? Oh, no doubt. I wonder if they had those. I mean, I'm sure people and like had think them. about like somebody trying to cut you open to figure out what was wrong. Oh yeah, and then First, not even yeah, knowing that, was, that would not be fun. <laughs> would not be fun. And there's no pain management. Not really. Not. I mean, that's the the A Indian, rock over the head. <laughs> yeah, well, the Indians they had uh, uh, access to like opium. Then you had to harvest that a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And uh, peyote. Yeah. Stuff like that, so that that helped them a lot. They, they, if you want to talk about the Indians, though, they that was like medicine men and spiritual healings, and they yeah. they had they had stuff to use plants, stuff they'd grind up and put on cuts and stuff. But yeah. stuff like what we're talking about, like chronic pain stuff, they just probably just suffered <laughs> till they yeah. died. I mean, like because with a tour ACL, you can still function, you can't run. Mm-mm. You can't bend, you can't get around, but you can fun- you can get up a flight of stairs. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Carefully. if it was like hunting, Mm-mm. if I killed something, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to get it out of the woods by myself. Definitely not. You'd have to clean it there. Mm-hmm. That'd be your best bet. It's just to field dress it, and, and then like what you just can. life would just be pain. Like every day would just be worse than the one before. Yeah. I wonder how. I wonder if they those kind of. Uh, injuries happen back then or if like the the human bodies the further we get in time the more the dna is messed up and genetics is messed up because that's what's wrong with me like i had i did nothing to get herniated discs they just happened like i had no accident i had nothing it just i woke up hurting one day and come find out it's because i have a genetic a degenerative disc disorder yeah which is genetic so i wonder if they had that many back then like we do today probably not because they were way more physical Mm mm-hmm and they were actually more using up to it. Their yeah. bodies was more in shape for stuff. Yeah, I think evolution is definitely real in that regard. Mm-hmm. Is like, just think like northern and southern United States. Like people from Michigan are typically taller than us here in Alabama. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but I, I think that that's genetics. That's a uh, bit you, of evolution. You can look at just hearing this in around us, guys who grew up on a farm compared to guys who didn't. Those guys that grew up on a farm, they ain't even got to look strong, but they are. They <laughs> typically they don't. But they're, they're like what we call what cock strong. Yeah, yeah. They're just naturally just naturally stout. stout, and it, I think it's like with upbringing. Where you, if you're raised on a farm, you yeah. got to be strong. Throwing hay bales. Yeah, you got to be strong. There's too much going on that you wouldn't. Have, you need muscle for a farm. Yeah. So man, we got a we got a lot of ground to cover. I wanted to start there with you. I like talking about the outdoorsy stuff. Is uh, I wanted to bring this up to you. Is uh, I took most social media off my phone and now I only check it on the computer that's not, I bet that's nice isn't it? life is so much better I bet it is I bet it is I didn't realize um I think coming out of 2020 a lot of mental illness and a lot of mental disorders probably will be created because of the echo chambers that are constantly yelling on social media but if you're locked down I mean, how are, are you to communicate? I would say, have you noticed that we really don't have cults anymore? 
Yeah, not really. Mm-mm. Because I, that sense of belonging since the internet and um, with social media is, it is easier for me uh, to hop on a platform and to be in a private group of like-minded people rather than have to be like this cultish-like thing. You like know? a gathering cult. Yeah. <laughs> they're just a social media cult. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely out there, no, yeah. doubt. no doubt. I mean, we've seen it QAnon and like some of these wackos. Mm-hmm. That's how that's a lot how majority of them probably meet each other. Oh, yeah. It's through social media and stuff like that. I wouldn't know. Oh what was I about to say? I lost it. Continue next question. <laughs> okay. Uh but like I have been encouraging people is like uh I believe there's gonna be a lot of mental illness uh caused by social media mm-hmm. when life begins to open back up and like people begin to get back to the way things were. I don't think we'll see normal again. Never. But I think there will be, like, there will be these people, I I wouldn't say woke, but I would say, like, they're going to be triggered. And they're going to try to interact in a social place the way they would on social media. And it's not going to work. It's not. I have said for the longest that social media has done nothing but made people socially awkward. Because there's so many people that will talk trash to you on Facebook or even be your friend on Facebook. You see them at the dollar store and they they, they cutting their head back real quick and going oh, yeah. down an aisle so they ain't got to talk to you in person. But they just liked your post 30 minutes ago exactly. or commented on it. Exactly. And then there's some people that's like, uh, they'll come up to you or they'll go up to another person and be like, hey, I saw the picture of uh, you know your, your daughter and granddaughter on Facebook. And then the other person will be like, well, you didn't like it. <laughs> you're telling me because you, you're reinforcing that you didn't like it. You saw it and you didn't like it. I mean, people take that to heart. People, a lot of people take that to heart. And that's what, that's crazy. And you're talking about the mental illness too. Corona by itself, or COVID by itself, has mm-hmm. has done this to people with suicide rates and uh, verbal, abuse, physical abuse, domestic violence. Oh yeah, all that has skyrocketed because we're all sitting here in our houses and not moving. Not doing anything. We, we weren't meant to, like, humans are social creatures. Uh, and I believe, like, isolation is absolutely worse. I mean, you flip open the Bible, like, what was the first thing that God said after he made Adam? He, said, he made Eve. He's like, yeah. it's not good for man to be mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I, I told us to take care of the land and the beast. And if we're inside, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Metaphorically speaking. Yeah, yeah. So... Man, it's uh, it's weird, like living in these times, and I think it's gonna be even weirder when we look back and like when we're post pandemic. Mm. I'm afraid I'm gonna look back and miss <laughs> the way it used to be. I think it's gonna be completely. It's gonna be different from now Yeah, I don't on. think like what we considered normal, like 2019, like never again. It's gone. Mm, yeah, that's it. Big gatherings. Uh, I don't think I think it'll be years before like Bryant Denny will fill up again. Perhaps. I sure. mean it could be, you know, I don't know. Nobody knows. But the way it's looking. <laughs> yeah, just with me with music is like, um I wonder about the next music festival. I've seen mm. like in the UK where like, they'll put like these group of people like if if me, you and like two other four other people came together, they would put us in like these bubble pods. Really? And like everybody would have like their own pod, huh? But I don't even like that. Like the main, and I'm older now. I don't know if I'll ever go to another festival. But like the main thing I liked about a festival was being like, you know, interactive, interacting with all these people from all over the place who mm-hmm. have Making one friends. thing in common. Yeah, they love music. Mm-hmm. 
and just I don't want to be in a pod. Yeah. Even with people that I love and know, I want to. You know them. I want to interact with everybody. Yeah. But you know me in public gatherings, I'm going to go off and get lost. You could be friends with a fire hydrant and it would talk to you. Yeah. (laughs) And be nice back. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, what what do you make of this? Is like, I mean, you've got a a young child that you're raising, and I I think about with my nephew, is like, I couldn't imagine being, you know, anywhere from three to 12 years old and like, have some remembrance of what the way things used to be and not probably understanding what's going on now mm-hmm. and then going into post pandemic. And it's almost, maybe it's better. Maybe that'll be cause you never really understood what it think, how things used to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes hindsight's 2020 sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think I used to think too, that even Carly didn't cause there, when it first started, I was, hoping that it would go away you know within the year or whatever uh and i the whole time i'm thinking how crazy everything is and having to be shut up and carly asking me why i wasn't going to work you know and and this and that and i'm thinking well she's not gonna remember i don't remember nothing from when i was three or four so Mm -hmm. she's not going to neither but kids are smart (laughs) i'm not bragging on mine but she every time i she'll say something that we can't do because of COVID, she'll say, oh, because of the sickness? How about, yeah, baby, because of the sickness. That's why we mm-hmm. can't. So I don't know how much she'll remember. I don't, um, but it is definitely craziest year ever in, in, in my, my lifetime. lifetime. Yeah. yeah, in my lifetime. Like, it, 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 beat, it beat the brakes off of that, like, nine, you know, maybe 9-11. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being in Miss Robertson's class, and she had, like, a sister who was supposed to be on the It was flight. her mother. It was her, it was her mother. mom. Mm-hmm. She was coming from Pennsylvania. Yeah, and like she was supposed to be on that flight, and I remember like her pandemonium, and like I remember, you know, fifth, sixth grade, and I didn't understand. I didn't like either. when the TVs came on, and I saw the buildings fall, and I saw what had happened. I didn't couldn't comprehend. I couldn't comprehend what that meant. Yeah, and then to see an adult, my teacher of yeah. all things, like freaking mm-hmm. out. That made me really confused mm-hmm. yeah i remember that day vividly mm-hmm. vividly i was the same way uh with the teachers and how they was reacting but i remember getting home and being like i remember it and this is how stupid i was and still am is i was like well what's the big deal like i didn't even know where the twin tires was yeah i didn't know it was on u.s soul mm-hmm. you know it, and that time you know we was not in Iraq, not fighting, but we, you know, you see stuff on news about certain troops in certain areas. That's right. So I'm thinking, okay, that's in another country, maybe. Yeah, because, like, you know, it was the first terrorist attack ever on American mm soil. And so, like, that, I didn't, like like we said, I couldn't comprehend what happened and what was going to come of it. It's crazy, though, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, when that happened, they got very patriotic. That was probably the closest the country's been in unity in from from years prior in a long time. Absolutely. I mean, it was everybody was American. Everybody was yeah together. It, you know. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, with with all the ugly heads that we've seen come up this year, like um, you know, with the protests and everything that's going on, I think that really. Um, showed the colors of some people and i'm glad Definitely. that got exposed needs to be exposed but 
the thing about that 9-11 event was like none of that mattered yeah. we were all just american and so it was almost like seeing the opposite of what these protests have done all 2020 yeah, pretty much it's like that dude is a racist or you know mm-hmm. that dude is misogynistic that dude is a rapist mm-hmm. you know like those are things that should be known and should be taken care of yes but yeah that 9-11 like and that's the thing about a pandemic you would think that and that was i think the craziest thing about this year was some people took it personally some people took it politically mm-hmm. and then like it, that's the worst it thing was you can it, do it was this us versus it. them mentality and it was like look at all these other countries they're they're okay. Mm-hmm. Like we're taking sides and we're like F you and mm-hmm. no, we're not going to do this. This is a democratic or Republican thing. And it's like, this is not political guys. Yeah. And I, I, I heard my granddad told me a saying one time, uh, that a lot of people he knew it was his age, his generation. They would tell you when, if you first met them, didn't know them, was talking to them. Yeah. A lot of them would start off by saying, I can be your friend as long as we don't talk about religion or politics. Yeah. Why can't we get back to that? Yeah. That's important. <laughs> you, you know, is I don't like talking about either uh, on this show, but we're going to talk about both yeah. on this episode. But I believe um, with this podcast and with this platform is uh, to be careful on how you say things mm-hmm. and just to look into things without taking a side. Yeah. I think that can be done. Well, really, the the only way to look at stuff for me is how can I not insult some group <laughs> or some person? Yeah. Like what, what I need to make sure I don't insult anybody and got to cover all, all fields of it. But the, the nine eleven comparison of this year is like you said, complete opposite because everybody's against each other now, uh, compared to everybody being together. But the good that I think come out of this, as far as, Riot, rioting and uh, protest and stuff like that is it was a breakthrough for a lot of people as far as they was on the borderline of being a good person or a bad person. And and by saying that, I'm talking about you're either racist or you're not. Yeah. I mean, because that's what it's all about. It's yeah. about people being racist. That's what all majority of the protests this year is what it's been about. You mm-hmm. know, it's been black against white. And... That, I think, is exposed a lot, especially like with them storming the Capitol. That exposed so many people to, mm-hmm. this is this is what you stand for, for real. Like, this ain't yeah, it exposed what you like said. The, you know, the... True colors. Yeah, the, the analogy colors. I give people is like, we wear these masks. Mm-hmm. And like, one thing that 2020 did is like, we were supposed to wear a mask. Yeah. But a lot of people actually took their real mask off. Mm-hmm. And, like, you saw them for what they really were. Mm-hmm. And the way white people are is a majority of them is they hold stuff in and don't really complain about stuff. Real suppressed. And, and they, they're really introverted. And they get to a point where it's a break point, a breakthrough or a breaking point in general. Sure. Just breaking off. And that's when their true colors, what they've been, what they was thinking instead of what they was saying is coming out. Yeah, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, man, I, I like you. You're a good guy. But in my head, I'm like, I can't stand this man. Yeah. If I ever catch him in the street, I'm gonna beat him. Yeah. With a bar of soap and a tube sock. <laughs> uh, that that's how a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. And 
that's the reason like I know for me it's made me where I don't have I have a filter but you're always going to know where I stand and I'm not going to back down off of that mm-hmm. because if I back down off of it what kind of man am I to go against my own word how trustworthy am I how how much is people going to believe me if I'm saying one thing and you know I'm doing another being hypocritical i just i'm big against that i don't like it yeah i don't know if it was um like moving down the mobile and then coming back and just um i guess knowing a lot of different people from different areas is i mean even with the show is like i know people that i never would have met yeah and you know one quality that we always talk about is that is i may not agree with you but I respect your opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't hate you for it. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're being straight up with me. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not sugarcoating. You're not. You're not uh, patronizing me. Mm-hmm. You spoke your view. You said what you believed, and I may not agree with that, but I would, I would die or and fight for you to be able to have that belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the oh. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Uh, I want to start writing stuff down. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll circle down. back to it. But like one thing that we said earlier while we were in the kitchen is I wanted to go here again and open this up is I don't have a kid. Mm-hmm. And so when I say something like this, it's coming from a complete unrealistic thing because I, I don't actually deal with it. Mm-hmm. Is There's no way um, I would have my child in a public school system. Hmm. Yeah, I would want to homeschool, and I would want to rear and raise and teach my child. Mm-hmm. Because if I brought something into this world, something that I created with another human being, is like I want to take full responsibility for that and to help it be as successful as possible. And I don't trust anyone else mm-hmm. to teach it. I, I want to teach it. Mm-hmm. That's what like what you're saying too makes sense as far as wanting to teach your child or know what your child's learning. And I completely understand that. But it's like I said, I think today's world, there's too many parents that are relying on other people to teach their kids important stuff that, you know, that actually matters. You know, earth science does not matter. Algebra does not matter. Not not for a majority of the people. You know, stuff like that doesn't matter. We just do it for some reason. It's like they created school so that they'd be a daycare for when the parents yeah, eight hours a day, something. so yeah, it's good work. But there's too many parents that are relying on other people to raise their kids, and the homeschooling thing. I, I like I said, I can see how you 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 want that so that you know what they're learning. Mm-hmm. But the thing that is most, I think, is most important for kids to learn today is how to read people, and they can't do that if they're homeschooled. Well, I would. I've, I've I've known a lot of homeschool students. They're all awkward. Everyone I've ever known is awkward, now, socially awkward. Now at University of Mobile, I met a lot of children that were homeschooled, and you would never know. Yeah, well, see, that's how small a world I live. I don't live. I don't move. Yeah, much, and but. so like, if I were to homeschool, 
I would take my child to aquariums and mm-hmm. zoos and museums. And there's other things that they can do too. Like and I would let them play sports and hang out with their yeah, peers. There's on there's on like leagues for that too. And there's I know there's a couple that I know that uh they homeschool their kids and they're part of an association. And it's like and most of most time homeschooling associations are Christian <coughs> they're Christian based. Sure. But what they do is they'll get together as families like mm-hmm. this homeschool family and this home they'll get together and they'll do stuff like what you're talking about yeah so it's not completely shut off from the world yeah but now i would never and, shut my child off from, and also i wouldn't have a tv in my home like i love um i'm not gonna name drop but like i love the way that this home is set up is the living room the living area there's a uh grand piano mm-hmm. in the corner but all the furniture in the middle of the room, and you know how we build our living rooms around right. the TV? Right, the entertainment system. All system. the chairs face one another. Mm. And so the living area is just for that. That is where uh, they break bread. That is where they have conversation. And when they step into that room, it is a, a place of listening and exchanging ideas. Well, you know, not too long ago, people had a living room and a den. Two separate things. Mm-hmm. I know my great grandparents had one. They had a living room, but then they had a den, and it was where the den is where you watch TV. Yeah, it would almost and, be like an entertainment. Room. Yeah, but then the living rooms where everybody, all the old people went to shell peas and sitting there and talked to each other about you know everything. Yeah, and actually communicated. That you're right about that. They've replaced dens and living rooms with an extra bedroom or bathroom yeah. or something stupid. Yeah. Uh, uh, 500 square foot laundry room or and you know me man i don't watch a lot of tv and like now i mean we're looking at the relic of like my entertainment center yes, of things video. that don't work i think it's trying to cut on it looks like it is yeah it's got power it's, it's trying but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, since i've uh i mean the only time i watch like i've, I've got an ipad over there and like i, I use it for music research mm-hmm. i used when i first got it i used it for netflix mm-hmm and now I just focus like all my music on my iPad and like all the things that I'm studying about like sound engineering and like learning it's all on that mm-hmm. iPad that's what I use that device for yeah and if you play video games like I like playing video games but one thing that I found was um I would love to have a Twitch account and like have people watch me play Dark Souls mm-hmm. and like let me show them things possibly make things. money off of it too a little yeah. bit but I don't have the time for it. Mm-hmm. If I want to do everything that I want to get done in my life, I don't have time for television. I don't have time for video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to be even more practical. Like that's I don't really do New Year resolutions, but I want to be even more intentional in my relationships. And I want all those relationships. I want them to be stronger, and I want them to mean more. Mean, mean something, yeah. That makes sense. I know the, I've felt that way about uh, in general, just all the many things that I've tried to do, tried to start up doing, like I'm searching for something to entertain me. Uh, I do half of it and then stop and find something else. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the things this year I'll, I kind of want, not necessarily pick one, but just, you know, meditate on it and, and, and pray about it and see what's one thing that maybe I can master. <laughs> Yeah. You know, instead of trying to be a jack of all trades, yeah. let me find one thing that I'm 
most passionate about that I probably had the best chance at doing. Yeah. And because everything else, if you don't do that, it's just all hobbies. It's not like an actual goal. It's not like a journey. You're yeah. not trying to get anywhere. You're just wanting to do a bunch of different hobbies. Yeah. Like, for instance, like um, my musicianship is, uh, to me, it is just a hobby. It used to be more, and like as you know, as time goes, it kind of is. It ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Is like there's more times where I'm taking it more seriously. Yeah, you'll be on fire for it, learning. Yeah, stuff and, and I, I might even be like leading worship at a church, mm-hmm. or um, or I might even be teaching music, or you know, I may be writing a lot of my own music. Mm-hmm. Really creative highs uh, in that regard, but base level. If you ask me, like. The first thing, if I never met you, is how do I introduce myself? Never as a musician. Mm. And a lot of people, like, this is Al, and he's a podcaster. Like, that's how I get him introduced by yeah. friends now. It's mm-hmm. like, he's got a podcast. And I was see, like, you have that, though. Yeah, and that, that's like a real thing, but that is not even the way that I want to be introduced. Mm. Is like... Alan the Great. No, it's not... <laughs> Alan the Red. That's what I'm going to call you. That's how I'm going to introduce you. Yeah. Alan the Red. This redheaded guy. Uh, but, like, <laughs> think about that. It's like, if you had to say one thing about yourself, like, baseline, like, we walked out of this room, and I had someone over at my house that you never met, what is the first thing you would want them to know? And I, I'm talking about, like, sometimes, they're, like, sometimes it's a sex thing, but you're married, so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter now. You already well, have your person, but, like, yeah. sometimes there's something that I might want a female to know about me that I, that a male doesn't care about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. Vice versa, yeah. I feel like if that was, I would want people who, if they, even if they didn't know me, that, uh, that I love them, even though I don't know them. You know, that would be what I would want. Yeah, just typically just a human. To, just to know that I'm, you know, if I don't know you, but if if I can help you in any way, you know, I will. I think that's how I would want to be known. I think like it goes back to me is like, do you remember the movie uh, Anger Management? Oh yeah. I think about that scene all the time when it was Adam Sandler's character. It was his first time in the group session mm-hmm. of all these angry <laughs> people, and it, it gets to him, and he was like, "Tell us a little bit about yourself," and like he immediately goes into talking about talking about his work mm-hmm. and, and talking about his relationship with his, with his woman. Mm-hmm. And like, he was talking about all these things and like, um, you know, the guy leading the session, mm-hmm. I can't remember, what was that actor's name? I can't remember. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's character is like, you've told us a lot about what you do, but who are you? Mm. And all he was doing was picking at him. But like, I think about that. That was an important scene in like, movie for me because yeah. like if I only had two minutes to tell somebody exactly who I was what would I say I mean like when, well, that, people, when people introduce you it's like well he's a musician he's a machinist he's uh he's a father he's a husband he's uh he likes to fish uh yeah. like all those things are definitely parts of yourself but that's not who you are yeah well that's because our culture has set it to uh, it's all about money. It's all about money and your s- status. And like, yeah, like when, I know, you, when you meet somebody, ain't that like generally like one of the first questions they that ask you ask? Where you work? What, what do you do? Yeah, and it's just like it's just like you know, men talk. We don't 
there's not a whole lot of times that we talk about the serious stuff that matters that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. We talk about the weather and sports, mm-hmm. and that's just because it's awkward. You're, I go into a million different conversations and can tell it's going to be awkward just because the the feedback I'm getting trying to talk to somebody mm-hmm. because I'm one of those people that I'm not going to make fun of you for what you say. Yeah. I'm not going to try to pick on you. I'm not going to go run and tell nobody. If you need to tell me something, you know you can come to me and you can say whatever it is. And I, if you t- don't want me to tell nobody, I won't. You know, that, yeah. that's the kind of person I want to be portrayed as, somebody who's loving, kind, and can do, really listen. But I want to correct you to, I think about this is uh, even like with my own example and living situation, it can be taken kind of weird is... Uh, I want people, like, listening to the show or, like, people I don't know or my friends is, I believe we all have purpose. Like, you are on this world for a reason. To do something. To do something. And that assignment was uniquely given to you. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to find it. It's up to you to figure it out. It's up to you to do it. Get it done. If you do it. And, like, your lifespan... Like, that should be your life's work. Like, I don't care if it takes you 40 years to find your passion or what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I really don't care if it was like you were just like a Pokemon card collector. And that was your, that was your niche. Yeah. But that might be your thing. thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, so that's, like, I don't know. We get these college interns at work, and, like, uh, they're typically from the engineering department at Mississippi State. And, like... Have you ever met an engineer? Oh, man, they have so many at Packard. They so they're many. the absolute worst people, oh. you know, because they're opinionated and they know everything, everything. and, like, you're dumb. Yes, and most of them ain't even from Mississippi. The ones we get, they're from, like, nor- up north, so that makes it even worse. Yeah. Because northern people, for some reason, think all southern people are stupid hicks. Yeah, they don't, they don't wear shoes. Like, you, let me tell you what, next time you want some corn or something, or some good vegetables, or deer killed, coming to me, <laughs> making yeah. fun of me like that. And so, man, but, like, that's a stereotype. They're not all that way because I have uh, J.C. Long. He's an engineer, and uh, we recently met, and he's a, I would say he's a dear friend of mine. I, I, I would like for you to meet him. I've heard that name. I've seen him on Facebook. He um, he makes guitar amps, and, like, he does, he, he's, like, very adept in, like, sound engineering. Mm-hmm. And also, um, that's not even, like, the engineering that he originally studied. He just kind of... Fell into it? Well, his dad was always involved in it. And it was, like, weird when I had him on the show to, like, to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And that was the question that I had, like, when he kind of found his hobby and, like, something he was passionate about on the side. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, uh, did you do you think, like, growing up and seeing your dad being involved in that had an impact on that? And he was like, yeah, but I was running from that because I didn't want to be my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It takes a lot to veer people. Sometimes, I know with me, I, a lot of it. That sounds. He sounds kind of like me. You know, like looking back at what my father did, and my grandfather did, and you know, did. since we met Andrew, um, and especially your grandfather, like I was never really familiar with your dad and his work. Mm-hmm. I knew he had. Uh, been involved in machining but 
I always knew your grandfather as a machinist. Mm-hmm. And like since I met you and we hung out and then you went to college and you were being a machinist and I was like, there's no doubt in my mind that Andrew is doing exactly what he was put here on this earth mm-hmm. to do. Like I, I believe like the Watkins, your strand is um, they're machinists. That's, mm-hmm. that's who they are. Yeah. But you're also a lot more than that. Well, that's what I was about to say is like I could be a machinist and it made what I meant to be and what I'm supposed to do and still not be happy. Because it's not all you gotta, not only do you have to be careful at deciding, because I mean, it's up to you. You decide what you do. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody, there's not many people who's gonna be able to say, this is what you're gonna do. And it's no, no questions asked. Yeah. But if, say, I'm supposed to be a machinist, right? Well, if I get a machinist job, I might have the right job. But have I searched long enough to know if that's where I'm supposed to be with that job? And do I need to keep working my way up? Yeah. Do I need to find a place where I like to work better? I like the people better? And some people, I think, go on that search prematurely, not having knowledge they need to know what they're going into. And then when they get in there, because machinists get paid good. Yeah, it's and, a good trade. And by the way, college get, is not always the answer. Trade school is trade just as valid. The, it's just the way to go nowadays because ain't nobody doing it. But you get to where you get in a money trap sort of way. Uh, because what happens anytime, majority of the time people get a raise, what do they do? They go add something to their budget because they can afford it. Yeah, so like you completely lose the race yes it's, then, it's it's like it's means right you're you're living to your means mm-hmm. but like when you think about a mean and we talked about algebra earlier I, I use algebra every day like it was a very useful skill i like i like math yeah um even in music there's math like mm-hmm. i see math in everything that i do everything is, everything's binary it really is mm-hmm. but uh when you think about means is a mean is an average. Mm-hmm. And so when I get a raise, I can do more. Mm-hmm. But I screw it up yeah. because I add these extra luxuries that I don't need. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I got I can eat out one or two more times a week yep. now. You know? And then that puts you, like I was saying, into a money trap mm-hmm. to where even if I'm at the job I'm doing, I have the career that I'm supposed to do, but I'm at a place I hate. But I can't leave it, because <laughs> yeah. nowhere else pays this good. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Like that's how that's how I felt about Packard for a while. But now, that was when I first started, and I was younger and dumber. I th- I think I might be dumber now. I don't know. You tell me. But now I'm to the like point South where it's like a wise fella. Uh, I would say. Well, this now now I look at it. I looked at it before. I was like, man, I can't move up because I don't like kissing butt and want nobody. I ain't a click, so I can't get a raise that way. It's like, this is stupid. Why am I here? Why am I wasting my time? But then I look at, uh, now I look at it as, Andrew, you're in a climate control building where it is warm in the winter and it is cold in the summer. You stand there for at least five hours out of the eight doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's boring. But the mental part of it now, I think I have got over just not doing anything because it used to drive me crazy doing that. Yeah, I tell you something on record that your 
uh, I don't know if they work there anymore, but things that people who only know you through Pat Carr say about you. Yeah. Is he could be in a leadership role and he knows his craft. He's very good at what he does. He's also very good with people, mm-hmm. but he jeopardizes himself mm-hmm. yep. on purpose. And they all believe because he doesn't want that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how it well, and that goes back. There's a lot, of, a lot of detail in there, all behind the scenes stuff, but I can see that definitely. I've looked back and seen that myself. Yeah. Because like, you know, like I've, there's a lot of guys at Pat Carr and like, Obviously, like, when I find out they work at Petcar, I was like, you know my buddy, Andrew, you know? Yeah. That's my boy. And he was like, yeah. Let me tell you a little something about him. Like, mm-hmm. he could be he could be way up the chopping block right now, but he, he, he doesn't leave. He, like, I, I he doesn't like where he is, but he doesn't want there either. Yeah. Well, it's nice because I'm on day shift now. And if I go anywhere, I'll be on off shift. And I can't do that with my schedule with my wife and seeing my little girl. Yeah. My, my daddy, when I was growing up, he did what he had to. Uh, my mama couldn't work. She had MS. Mm-hmm. He did what he had to. He worked second shift for the first 14 years of my life. So you can go ahead and imagine how many ball games he missed, how many uh, events, school events. He didn't come to any of it. Yeah. I don't hate him for it. I'm not mad at him for it. I, I'm, I he honor, did what he had to do. I honor him for it. Yeah. I, I admire him for it because he put his wants aside to provide for us because he had to. Weren't we talking about that earlier is, um, and this is before we got started, but I want to go here. This is perfect. Is it kind of goes back to like child rearing and raising mm-hmm. is, and these are, um, they're all F's mm. is it's the same thing that they do over at man up. And like, it's probably because like me and Jake have a relationship that's growing and like, it's, it's something that I'm very mindful of, and I'm telling other guys, especially guys who have families, is there are things in your life that are supremely important, but when we get them out of place, we lose ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's four F's. You have family, faith, fitness, finance. Mm-hmm. Typically, we put finance number one. That's all. Number one for 95% of people. It should be... Faith, mm. family, fitness, finance. You do one of the reasons I think it's reversed is because you can see the finance, you can you feel can, the finance. And some people uh, praise fitness overall. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that 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 first day of faith, you're going off something you can't even see. You're believing without seeing. Mm-hmm. That's that's tough to do for. And anybody. I'm not even talking like it doesn't even have to. Be, oh, it don't have to be re- like a religious. It doesn't have to be religious. It doesn't have to be Jesus. Mm-mm. It doesn't have it to be, be Christian. It could be anything. Whatever you believe. Like whatever in. you believe. Yeah. You should culture. You should cultivate culture and <laughs> cultivate yeah. that. Yeah. Because what you believe is the core of your being, mm-hmm. and whatever that it's is, who you are. It, that's who you are. And everything is going to take care of itself from that mm-hmm. because that is going to be the seeds that you sow. Mm-hmm. And you'll see the fruit of that good labor. If you're a, a loving person, if you're good with people, that's what people is going to say about you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. If you if you're a good time, people are gonna say that you're a really good time. Yeah. If if you're not flattering and if you're not good to be around, if you're mm-hmm. negative, people are gonna be just like, I wouldn't yeah. hang out with him. Yeah. He kind of sucks. <laughs> you know? And that's true, right? Yeah, no doubt. I promise sure people look at me and he's like, meh. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> yeah. I know that's how a lot of people look at me, but it's like I said before, my filters not gone, but you know where I stand, and people don't like that kind of confrontation a lot of times. No, they don't, especially if it doesn't align with what they're doing. Exactly, and especially if I know you, I'm going to call you out on something. Yeah. Especially if I know it's going to hurt you or hurt somebody else, I'm going to call you out. So we've been we've been friends for... A long time. Over, I would say, right at 15 years, something like that. It goes, it goes oh, like good friends, yeah. 15. But like it goes, we knew each other we from played, baseball, yeah, nine, from park 10, ball. nine, ten, eleven, twelve. But we never really hung out. Mm-mm. And then I, I think it was Guitar Hero and like yep. the one stop that really solidified it. Mm-hmm. And I remember as we got older and as our friendship matured, like um, I'd done things for you, like the Shelton State days mm-hmm. is like things that. I don't care if they were ever paid back. I did it because I loved you and I believed mm-hmm. in you. Yeah. And when I struggled later, you returned the favor. Mm-hmm. And you didn't bring it up. You didn't say anything. You just did it. Mm-hmm. And it, there was a mutual understanding there. But also is we have, this is a good friendship. This mm-hmm. is why we're still friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is you may say something to me that I don't like. And I may not talk to you for a couple of weeks or months. Mm-hmm. And I'm reflecting and I'm thinking on it every day. And I'm asking like third party about yeah, you. Yeah, opinion. But I was like, he was right. And I'm mad at him. <laughs> and I can't tell him right now that he was right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Yeah. But uh, you send him like How's he been doing? Because I can't ask him right now. <laughs> yeah, well, how's I'm, he doing? Yeah. Call him. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on speakerphone. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to hear his voice. You know? Yeah. But I, I always respect it. Those are the people that I keep in my circle. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you have circles. You have inner circles, mm-hmm. mid circles, outer circles. And you have like different spheres. Like uh, this, these are the my church crowd. This is my work crowd. This mm-hmm. is my family crowd. This is my family mm-hmm. friend crowd. Yeah. I think too that one thing that's special about it too is. I look at all the other friendships that I've had people that I was friends with before I was friends with you mm-hmm. that I considered to be somewhat of a best friend or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. I looking back now, none of them was, but just the fact that people change so much over time that that can affect who you hang out with, who you're friends with just because people change. And I've noticed changed in you. Since we when we first was friends, I mean, I've I've known, but I'm I'm weird. I pick out different things about people yeah. all the time. But I've I've noticed so many different changes in you. I've noticed changes in you after th- events in your life. Yeah, I can tell where you've changed in some way. I dramatically changed after my divorce. That yeah, that's the one main one I'm talking about. It, it just mm-hmm. I could tell right away that I was going. If it was any other time that I was going to be there, needed to be there for you, it was then. You know. And I tried to be there before, but somebody didn't listen. And but you You're know what I'm lying. saying? Yeah. I mean, and that that's crazy when I think about that too, because 
uh, I, really, like, I was just, just I was serious, but I didn't know that you were serious. So I was telling you what I thought, but you was taking it. You was on this. You was up here, and I was right here with it. You know, because I didn't, I didn't buy into it as much as what you was telling me. Yeah. About certain things and people, like I was just okay. Yeah, you know, he's he's interested. Maybe you know he's not going to be serious. And then next thing I know, you know, you done took another step. Yeah. And then took another step, and then that's when it got more serious for me. Is like, okay, look, am I going to sit back? Because I don't know. And the main reason that I didn't push it harder than it is, I don't know the future. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. And that could have been what was meant to be. Because I believe that for every man on here, there is a woman made for him. I believe that too. And I didn't want to be the interference of that. But what was, was stupid? So much that was telling what me. was so dumb. And I'm not, I'm not bashing her. And uh, my, and I'm not going to say they didn't like her. And I'm not going to say that you didn't like her. It's just, it wasn't right for me. Mm. And, like, I, you weren't the only person. Like, anyone close to me was not a fan of hers. Mm-hmm. And they all said the exact same thing. And, like, I would always, like, the rebuttal was, like, you don't know her like I know her. And it was, like, I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was, I had my blinders on. Mm. It's easy to do. It's easy to do. Yeah. But I think, too, one thing that probably made it easier for you to be in that marriage or to, to want that marriage was the fact that you met her in a in a town away from where you grew up. She was literally, I met her the second day that I moved there. Like, the, we moved down there, and then, like, on a Tuesday, and then we went to church Wednesday night, I met her. Mm-hmm. And I told JC that night, and I've never talked like this about anybody, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to marry her. And JC was like, big mood. Wow, <laughs> never heard you talk yeah. like that about anybody. Yeah. You don't really even date. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, mm. I'm for real. Mm. And I did it. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> I think the reason it was so easy for you, too, though, is because it's, it was like two different worlds you was living in. Yeah. You, know? you was in living in this world in Mobile where you was trying to make her happy and be you know, the best husband you could be to her. But then you come home and you got... And in Mobile, too, you got everything working for you. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's support. I'm, I'm sure everybody was supporting you and trying to make the best out of any situation. Oh, yeah. But yeah. then when you get back home and you got people, you got conflict. It was always conflict, especially if she came with me. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you had conflict. And that was one thing. I I remember the first time that y'all came to visit. Uh, that was when I went from being concerned to panicking like worrying about it because yeah. i knew if you and your wife can't get along with each one's parents or each one's group you're gonna have so many problems mm-hmm. like there's gonna be but the thing about it was like we were in mobile so like she yeah. was one of my first friends so her mm-hmm. friends were my friends mm-hmm. and so it was kind of like an echo chamber mm-hmm. and see what you was blind to is they was more interested in they was more worried affair. about her than you yeah they was because they about- like when everything went down like I didn't have but a few friends. Mm-hmm. And so I, had, I had Levi, James, Johnny, Michael. Mm-hmm. And before that, I had like just hordes of people, mm-hmm. it seemed like. Yeah. But after everything went down, you kind of saw where the line was drawn. Yeah. And then I was like, Andrew and everybody back home was right. Mm. And see, it's like when 
you was there in that situation, the roles reversed when she when y'all would come here too. Oh yeah, it would. Be she hated from, coming here. Yeah, she. You could tell. You could tell. I mean, she wouldn't. And I'm not bashing her for nothing. You know, she's had her own problems, her own issues, and she was married to you. And... Biggest issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and I've learned a lot. I haven't. I haven't dated since I've been out on dates. And um, one big learning experience that I've had from that was like advice that I got mad and upset over you and wouldn't talk to you for a while and like really ingesting it. Mm-hmm. And when I go out on a date is like, those are some of the first things that I look for. Mm. And I don't have a lot of second dates. A lot of times it ain't even me. Like I, Sometimes it's them that don't mm-hmm. want the second date. Yeah. Right? Well, two, we're at the age now where dating is it's starting to get really difficult. Yeah, I mean, because there's single moms and, like, everybody's already had, like, a previous affair. Or... <coughs> oh, no doubt they have. I mean, and it, that can be, that takes a different person to do, step in those kind of situations and those roles and yeah, being able to, there's a lot of drama in that. I mean, I they know. can be. Yeah. Sure. Not from my personal experience, but, like, loved ones, relatives I have go through stuff like that. I believe that's why, um, like, you take divorce rate. Mm-hmm. Is um, the first marriage, uh, that is the lowest divorce rate. The second one is, like, substantially, like, almost double. Like, if you've been divorced once, the odds of you being divorced again is insurmountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you, that'll probably happen. And so, like, man, I'm... I'm what do you think one of the main reasons of divorce is, though? What do you think it is? You think it's kids, or you think it's finances, or you think it's just rushing the relationship? I think it could be all of them. I but, think it's. I think it is. Um, it's unique to each situation, but yeah, I believe it, it always boils down to finance. That has and been. I think it goes back to four F's. Once again, it's like those four F's are very big: fitness, finance, faith, family. Mm-hmm. Is okay, getting married, you you started a family, and your family became part of another family, and there's a merge. Mm-hmm. Did it merge well? Yeah. Is it working mm-hmm. together? Yeah. Or does it need to? And the thing is, people need to teach young kids this, because we know this now. Yeah. But yeah, we didn't I'm, know it then. Yeah, I'm hindsight over here. You like, know what I'm saying? I made a grave mistake. Yeah, like, there's, there's no way you can fix that. But, I can't go back. Like, there's so many things that... I look back, I look at what I've known now, and but man, if I'd have known that then, hindsight, 2020, this and that. You know? Yeah. And that's the reason I feel compelled a lot to help people as much as I can with relationships. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm a guru, but I'm I'm good at reading people. Yeah. I'm good at... I'll give you that. I'm good at reading people and knowing their intentions. Uh, I just have that discernment about me, I guess. I don't know, but I think that, in my opinion... The main reason for divorce rate is because, and this is just my opinion, but people look at a marriage certificate as a get-out-of-jail-free card. That's right. They look at it to where, okay, now I don't have to do anything. Like, I, these are my rights. You know, this makes my right to have what you own. And, it's, and the other one says, well, it's, I own half of what you got. You know, mm-hmm. if they would quit looking at that as a trying to get something from it 
and they would surrender everything they have to the other person and both parties are the same. You cannot defeat that. You cannot. If, if I had a, I'm pouring everything I have into my wife and she's doing the same thing to me, I'm not mad because she's taking care of everything I need. She's not mad because I'm doing what she needs. And I know it's not a perfect world. I'm not perfect. And yeah. I don't do it all the time. But just to have that mindset as a younger married couple with me and Jessica, I think that would have made us, you know, even stronger now yeah. than what we are. And I love the story. I, I love, like, uh, these stories of my married friends. Especially, like, I, some of my uh, some of my friends right now is, like, uh, because of pandemic, they don't have a job right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, okay, so in 2018, they bought this nice house. Mm-hmm. They had a great job. They're not working now. They're struggling to make ends meet. Their children don't understand. And these children range from anywhere from, you know, an infant toddler mm-hmm. to uh, being 8 to 12 years old, right? Yeah. And so you're still trying to give these kids what they want and what they need, but there's no money coming in. Mm-hmm. And also there's the value of the, the man and his wife. is like you need to take your wife out on a nice date. Mm-hmm. You need to show pamper her you need to pamper her yeah you need to take care of her and you got to do all that Mm -hmm. but without money yeah it's hard and so you have to be creative and like there's a lot of i think there's tension and like i love the testimony right now because they're sticking they're doing everything that they can to make it work and that is like the literal vow that they said right was for better or worse sickness and health richness and poorness yeah. I think one reason that a lot of another I think the main reason for divorce is because that vow was never taken seriously. That's what yeah, well and it's And maybe one party did but the other didn't. It's because people and I say people, I mean girls, young ladies, are blinded by and they're more in love with the idea of getting married than they are being married. I mean, you take. You, let's, There's so much that goes on for a wedding. When I was involved in youth groups and like when when I get to because I've never like I, this was a boy house. Like I had a mm-hmm. brother. Mm-hmm. Like you had a younger sister growing up. So mm-hmm. I didn't really date. And I, I didn't really hang out with a whole lot of females growing up. Like my yeah. brother's girlfriend was like the extent of like outside of high school of like me hanging out with chicks, maybe other than a party. But then we're mm-hmm. all just. Yeah, partying there for one reason. Yeah. yeah, it was like I I didn't understand that, and then I got involved in youth groups, and I was leading youth groups, and I f- I found these things that were sacred, and what these girls were waited all their life for mm. their wedding day. Yes, uh, and of uh, you know it goes deeper than that, like even to the thought of child uh, birth, and then mm-hmm. like the 10 year anniversary and it's like dude you're not even in a relationship yet yeah but you're already thinking about these mm-hmm. things it's like my idea is like the way that Americans view marriage with like this huge ceremony is like it's you ever notice that like you go to a wedding what is the wedding about it's about the the bride mm-hmm. have you ever seen a groom centered marriage it never is because that's that's why that's why I was saying like women ladies today uh, they're more worried. You could go, I know of like four girls that are officially to get married. Okay. Mm-hmm. Within the year or two, I could go ask every one of them about their wedding. They're going to tell me about their dress. 
They're going to tell me about where it's at. They're going to tell me about who's catering it, who's making the cake, even down to their, their all their bridesmaids, what color their dresses mm-hmm. are, who's going to do their hair and makeup. And then I'll be like, and then, well, what about the guy you're marrying? What about him? That'll be the last thing. Not even three brother, out of you them. You might four, not even know his name. Exactly, three out of the four that I would ask that would be would that would be the last thing that we would talk about was who they're actually. Which is the married. most important. Exactly, thing. and the, our marriage was our our. I didn't have a best man. We yeah. didn't have bridesmaids. Like mm-hmm. it was just me, her, and the pastor. Mm-hmm. I love that. I thought it was the most countercultural, and I was so happy that she was into that with me is like mm-hmm. that was that was something that i preached is like i want everything that we do n- not to be countercultural just to be countercultural mm-hmm. but i want to expose yeah all I these see. things for what they are and so when we have this small wedding where we don't have the groomsmen and the best men and the bridesmaids and the maid of honor mm-hmm. and we don't have a big bachelor party or a bachelorette party yeah. we we have a honeymoon, but we don't really talk about it, and mm-hmm. like nobody really knows what we did, and like everything that we do in our life is like I I want it to be based on our belief of mm-hmm. not only and we done it for almost two years, and then it like it just crumbled and eroded, but it was like I want it to be very faith based. Mm-hmm. I want it to be very us based. It's not you. It's not me. It's us mm-hmm. yeah and, to become uh, one mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree with that i think that a lot of people uh, i think people need to be teaching that to kids but i mean i don't know how yeah could you that imagine that be. like they ain't gonna listen to you i mean i, I, I didn't listen to nobody when i, I was could in my imagine 20s. going over to your house right now and just sitting down with little carly and be like you know just tell me about your your fairy tale wedding and like mm-hmm. she probably already has the, well, she's she probably the, already envisions the kind of guy that she wants to marry. And well, like, she she's at the stage now where boys are yucky. Yeah. And so she's she, you ask her who her boyfriend is, she'll say me. Yeah. She's like my daddy. Uh-huh. So I, I don't mind if she says that the rest of her life. She, I don't need grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> but I I know I, I, I want her. I want that for. Her. But that's one thing that, and you know, now that I think about it, that might be what's wrong, is the broken homes. The girls don't know, have a dad. A lot of them don't have a dad there to show them what it takes to love them. And these boys don't have a man. To teach them how to love a to woman. how to be a man. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's the one thing that I look at more than, it, besides the fact that I want her to know what I believe and why I believe it, uh, faith-wise. Yeah. And, but I also, and also challenge want me. To, I also want to love her the way that, she, that way she'll know what it is to be loved, what love truly is. I'm setting the bar for her future husband. That's is right. What, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You're, and you, yeah, you, I hope he never gets above that bar. You know, I always want to be ahead of him. And I, and most girls, they're going to be that way. Uh, there's a lot of things that I'll tell Jessica and she'll, she'll won't necessarily disagree with me, but she'll still go ask her daddy and he'll tell her the same thing. And she'll be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I just told you that. But, and I understand that now that I have a daughter because yeah. she's going to look at me like Jessica looks at her. Yeah. The, the father is the apple of the daughter's eye. I want to make sure that she knows her value and what she's worth and her to know that there's going to be nobody loves her more than I do besides God and Jesus. Yeah. There's nobody going to love her more than I do, but, 
if there is somebody who's going to try, he at least needs to get here. Yeah. With it, with that love. And he's got to show it to me, too. And I know a lot of people, a lot of guys don't even ask the bride's dad, you know, for her hand. I asked because I'm I did tra- too. I'm traditional. I did too. Type of guy. I asked him make sure it was all right. Yeah. And but a lot of them don't do that nowadays. Uh, I respect people who do that. I respect guys who do that a lot more. Uh, that'd be a the only that'd be strike one if he did that. The only <laughs> reason I wouldn't do it if the father wasn't alive anymore. Well, yeah, yeah. But then, then I would. I, but then I would ask about the. The closest to a father figure that, that she, she had, had. And stepdad or grandfather yeah. or something. Yeah. Whatever that looked like. Yeah, definitely. Because I want to make sure that exactly that, that you want to give, I want your daughter's hand. Yeah. You know? Will you give it to me? Do you think that I am that standard yeah. of a guy? Mm-hmm. Am I? Can I? Yeah. What if he says no? Then... If if Mr. Keefe would have said that to me, would you respect the it? next day? Oh yeah, I would have been like, well, what do I need to do to approve it? Like, and can I? Where where am I on your poll on your list? Mm-hmm. Where am I? Where where do I need to improve? Where I need to you know? Yeah. Don't worry about. Uh, yeah, that, that that to me that makes complete sense now that girls are looking at more material than they are. We think about like and just back to like what we were talking about earlier is with the advent of like social media being a very big thing this year is like I know so many teenage and even in their twenties who are just they're female they're they're so depressed Mm -hmm. and like you know why because they don't get the likes and the comments or like maybe. I posted this selfie and I was expecting 200 likes and I only got 130 mm-hmm. and I was expecting 30, 30 comments of people telling me how beautiful I was. That makes it hard on dads because you can't control that. Dads can't control how many likes you get. I guess you could if you got enough money. <laughs> Go around and pay people to like it. But that, that That's another reason that I don't like social media is it sets a standard for... It sets a standard that who said it to begin and, with. And like when <laughs> it's I look, like everybody's when, doing it, but nobody knows who did it. I look at the people who are liking and commenting, it's like, I really wouldn't care what that guy thought. Exactly, exactly, yeah. He's not a good guy. Uh-uh, not at all. And most of the good guys probably ain't even on social media. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm, you ain't gonna find there. Yeah, that social media has messed up the mindset of the woman in general. I tell Carly all the time, and I guess it's fun for girls to get dressed up and put makeup on and do this and that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure up. it is. And, I mean, it's like something to us getting camouflage on to go hunt. I don't know. I don't know if it's the same know. rush or not. But I tell her every time she puts it on, she comes and shows me. She's like, you think I'm pretty? I'm like, yes, baby, you are. But without that, you're just as beautiful, if not prettier. And that's another thing I want to reinstate in her to kind of help counteract what's going to happen eventually with social medias and I think value, standards value set by her friends. And worth is, is something that, and I don't even place blame on parents or the fathers, but like it's some kind of some kind of phenom that's happened is like we put our not me, but these these girls, they put their value in how many likes they can get in a picture of a selfie. Yep. And the thing is they can be one of the most beautiful women in the world and still be ugly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they still be not have any value 
that anybody would want. Besides the fact they could show a picture of her and be like, "Oh, look here, this is mine." <coughs> but then you go home and you don't get along. You ain't you you, you don't even have nothing in. in yeah. Uh, and if, if I can go out on a rant here and like to speak my mind is like with, uh, with the way that uh, modesty has left the building. Like with the way that uh, people dress. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it ain't just that. It's the acceptance. Of mm-hmm. them girls dressing like that. Mm-hmm. It's the parents letting them do that. Mm-hmm. It ain't the fact that they're doing it. It's being accepted. Yeah, and then, like, the argument is like, well, you shouldn't think that way. Well, if you're going to wear something that cups the butt, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at the butt. Man, man, that's the natural instinct. And I mean, so, like, if if you're going to call me... I don't even know, like, all the different names that you would throw at me for, like, looking. It's like, of course I'm going to look. Why did you dress like that? Yeah. If you didn't want somebody to look. Is that not is that not the reaction that mm, you were expecting? They're expect, well, what they're wanting is certain people to notice them, yeah. not everybody. That, yeah. And they want a certain person or a certain guy or mm-hmm. a certain gal to notice how, how they're dressed or whatnot. Yeah, that the acceptance that uh, people let. And then they wonder why, you know, things happen in certain ways, you know, um, uh, premarital pregnancies mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that, falling into addictions, whatever. You and let them ta- get away with so much. Even taking it to like this 30-year-old range is like, man, I, I recently went out um, with like a lot of folks my age. Mm-hmm. I, was, I didn't want to do it. I haven't done it. Just cause of COVID and all that, but mm-hmm. we went out to a bar for some drinks, mm-hmm. and um, she's married, and I said it right in front of her husband because of the ways that she was dressed. I was like, I don't know if this is the uh, the the appropriate response, but mm-hmm. nice rack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell my wife all the time if she's wearing something, I'm like, Mm-mm, we ain't going nowhere till you change that. And she that was the way it was, I guess, towards the beginning of our marriage. Oh. Uh, now she knows, you know. Yeah. She looks at it different now because she's matured. Right she's matured. And I said it right in front of her husband for that reason. Is like, if you don't want me to make statements like that, maybe don't let her leave the house like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying that misogynistically. I'm just saying it's like, that's your wife, and she dresses provocatively like that. Like, where do you think my eyes are gonna go? Yeah. And I'm a jealous person anyway. Oh, I'm, I, I've I got always a, I got a cold black heart. Ooh, son, I get mad yeah. quick, son. I get mad quick. That's one reason I was like that with Jessica, I think, is, you know, because it, it's like, and and a lot of girls will say, well, you don't want to show me off and this and that. Like, I don't care nothing about what other people think. I know what I think. I know what I think. I want to know what you think. I want us to think the same and be on the same page. It's like you don't have to, you've already impressed me. I'm your man. Exactly. You're. I want you. Who are you dressing up for? <laughs> yeah. Who are you? Who are you trying to pretty up for? Like, and a lot of it's weird too because I know with with my wife the reason that I think well not necessarily with my wife but with women in general I think a lot of the reason they dress up is to not impress other men but to impress other women. Because they always talk about what they're wearing and yeah. where'd you get it, and yeah, I mean, and that this this is probably something we don't even understand. We don't it's, even comprehend. It's definitely something that we don't understand. Me and you could talk about guns and be fanatics about it, oh, and yeah. be all giddy and happy about it. We know that culture. And the girls would be like, 
That's so stupid. Yeah, what yeah. are they talking about? Yeah. That's so that's stupid. Stu- it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. And me and you be like, man, this is going to shoot I saw this chick wear this dress in Vogue, and so I went out and got this oh, dress. Oh, yes, yes. I was like, look, mm-hmm. did, you want to know where I got it in the price point? <laughs> I look so good. On. <laughs> you know, and, and when you get out in a social interaction, that's exactly what is said. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not... I think the way that... And once again, as like I'm outside looking in, I don't understand. But the way that the the girls dress to go out mm-hmm. is they're not looking. Maybe they are. Some but, of them probably are. True, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's for other females. It's like, oh man, I, it might be a pride thing. That might be their way of showing their pride. I don't like, know what they have. You know, like you know, like to take it to a biblical scale, it's like. Uh, what is the honor and pride of a woman? It's her hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The length of it being long and blowing. to go when I have to die I'd like to fall asleep in a dream of your mind Drift down your canyons They're so vast and wild Synapse snapping your back, flesh, blood, and wine. I feel like I have been around here before. Deja vu. Waking up on the bathroom floor I've seen hell and I've seen God And I'm just fine With leaving the both of them behind Sleep in your mind for the rest of eternity. Fall asleep in your mind. I like to stay there permanently. So before we uh, jump off this topic of modesty um, and like you know, just talking about the way that girls dress mm-hmm. and we were talking about 
why they do that. Why they do it. Is it for they want the guys to look at them, or do they want the other girls to be like, oh, I like your dress. Oh, you see, what what, so what, I, what I said was... Uh, it's, uh, so, yeah, jump in, jump in, jump in. Um, I no, think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, get right there before you start. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think being a female, yeah, you want some girl to be like, hey, your dress or your shirt looks nice. But also, I think it is um, some females want the attention from the males, and they want to be looked at in a certain way, they want especially if they're not getting it, you know, from their partner or whatnot. So they want to look. They want to feel appreciated. <laughs> yeah. And, and feel pretty. Yeah. I, I mess with Jessica all the time. I, we'll go out to eat or something. And she'll dress up, dress up, you know, and I'll yeah. be wearing like blue jeans and a and a t-shirt. And I'm like, right. who, who are you dressing up for? You know, just playing with her. Like you looking, but, you on the market. You looking for something? You know. But and I'm just she also, it also it it makes her feel better yeah. when mm-hmm. you think that you know, or not think, but when you look at her and be like, hey, you look really good tonight. Damn girl. Yeah, yeah exactly. Her, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's one thing I good. think we was talking about young guys not knowing how to love, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is showing. Your wife affirmation, affirmation, yeah, and, and and letting her know, and that's one thing that I probably I have slacked on a bunch, but I don't want, and I don't want to do it so much to where it's she's used to it, yeah, where There's it doesn't mean nothing, where it doesn't mean nothing, right? You know? and, and so I'm kind of out of, I'm, I'm I'm yelling at the microphone, but like let's go here just real quick is um, I believe girls need the affirmation of them being told that they're pretty mm-hmm. just as much as the guy needs value. And knowing that he's a provider. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. A protector. I understand that. Like, And I agree with that 100%. But also, it's like girls n- might need it a little bit more. Well, they, I mean, it's, Everybody's it's individual. scientific that girls are more emotional. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that right, like 100%. But also, especially if a female has had kids, their body doesn't look the same way it did when That's you first right. got married. So you need it more, mm-hmm. or you want it more, and they just kind of you know, if like you were saying, if you don't have it all the time, like the affirmations, and you don't hear it all the time, mm-hmm. you start thinking badly about yourself, and you know, and that's what hurts a marriage and everything, like even like dating. Let's, let's just go back to when you were in high school. Oh, you could totally you should. Were, when you were single. Yeah. Is like, why did you dress the way that you dressed? What did you want? Was it both? I wanted the guys to look at me, and I wanted the girls to like be like, "Oh man, like I saw that in Vogue." Or, you no, know, it was both. But I had the body; I was super tiny, and I could dress that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And I felt good dressing, you know, in like a short skirt and a tank top. It was great. Mm-hmm. Did you put more value on yourself when you were that pretty versus you at home in pajamas? Was yeah. It? Oh, all women do that. Oh, yeah. As soon as they, like you said, when they have kids, they but, go from knowing that they was something yeah. to then they're looking at this and then they get on social media and see all these other. Exactly. Because not everybody's the same. Some women can lose weight by not exactly. drinking yeah. soft drinks, you know, and some of them can drink a gallon of water a day run three, four miles a day and lose a pound, you know, yeah. and can't do nothing about it. And mm-hmm. they can get in a rut like that. But talking about the uh, showing the affection and love for yeah. people, I think that's 
one of the downfalls of a lot of marriages with affairs because you get into a marriage where you have kids and you're busy and you're going all the time. You don't have that quality time with your partner. You You don't don't have that time to give them the love and affection that they need. And then Joe Blow comes up. Exactly. He makes one comment. And then Catches that's all it takes. That's all right in the DM. And that's all it takes. Exactly. That's all but it takes. You've got to be a strong enough person to say, nope. Thanks, but no but thanks. Yeah. Exactly. Not everyone is going to be the same, but a lot of women, they're waiting on something like that, I believe. They're waiting on you can that's You true. can tell, you can look at marriages and tell when a woman's not happy. Oh, yeah. And majority of the time, it's going to be an issue with her partner or finances but mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say more like finances than uh, that's, that. That's the main thing. That's, I think that's the reason but the Bible it, talks about the money so much is because God knew that was going to be a very big problem. Yeah. <laughs> but the, all it takes is just to give someone a little attention exactly. to grab their interest, to get them gears mm-hmm. turning, to thinking, having fantasies about being with this person or doing this and just being bad and doing something rebellious and, and out of the norm because they get stuck in a rut. And they yep. get to a point where they they feel like they're not gaining anything from being in a relationship with people. No. And, like, you know, we've been married uh, almost nine years. This is my sister-in-law, by the way. Um, <laughs> I love him more than anything in the world. And I know we're supposed to love my child more than I love him. But no, you're not. No, no, no. It stops it. You're supposed you're... to love your spouse more than your child. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, you said it back still, we know what you mean. I love him more than I love my child. That's terrible. I feel like it's terrible because I'm a parent. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It can be difficult. And he's a tail most of the time, but there's nothing I would never do for him. Yeah. And like dressing, like I would never disrespect my husband by dressing in like Daisy Dukes and, you know, uh, like tube top. Yeah. And even at the beach, you know, like being a mom, I wear like the high waisted bottoms and I make sure all my chest is covered. Sure. Just out of respect. That's the thing about it is like. It's not just respect for your husband either. That's respect for other men. Yeah. You're, yeah. Show, you're showing me respect by it, dressing it's, modestly. It's a bit of modesty. Because okay. as, a, as a man, we are made the way we are. Because if we didn't have the drive, We're sexual beings. If we didn't have People this, try to deny that. If we didn't have no. the sexual drive we have, I don't think men would put up with women's crap. And I, I say crap, but I mean, you know, what I'm saying like there's so much men do to impress women and to, and to get yeah. in their pants, or you know, you know, what I'm saying you you'll drive a hundred miles to lay with a girl, mm-hmm. you know, and you won't think nothing about it. I understand that, yeah. So it it men are made that way. And I think that a lot of men have a problem with getting over the fact of acknowledging a beautiful woman and lusting over a beautiful woman. There's a there, there's a big difference in dwelling on something and acknowledging it. I can look at what any woman said, now, and, yeah, in my where I where I'm at with my maturity. I hope that I stay this way, but I can look at a woman and be like, "That is a beautiful creation of God." Yeah. But then I'm done with it. I have to get it out of my yeah. mind. And even me, like being a single dude, like I'm trying to get like even being like a single dude is like when mm-hmm. I, if you dress provocatively for attention, yeah. And if I tell you, "Nice rack," is that not the what you wanted? Is that not what you wanted me that, to not say? Your goal? Exactly, and she shouldn't get mad for you saying it. Mm-mm. Well, well, when we said this earlier, we said this earlier and we said that uh, 
when women do that, sometimes maybe a majority of them look at it is they're looking for one person to look at them and not everybody. They're, you they're can't dressed, dress for just one person. You have to dress. But, but do they? But what did you like in high what school? I'm saying like, is like, you had this high school crush. Did you dress a certain way to catch his and eye? You, you found and out. If you caught a comment from some other guy that you never really paid attention to, and like he said, you look nice today, and you're like, piss off. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I well, because you're going high after school, the I was with Trey, and mm-hmm. that was it. Like, yeah. So maybe a bad example, but like these. But, yeah, I understand. There, is there that? I think there are a bunch of females that dress wanting attention and they try to um, accentuate their assets, if you will, yes. for I think attention they, from males. Yeah, and, and in particular, like specific males, because I know with me, and this is just me, so it's probably, it might not be right, but when me and Jessica was dating in high school, if she bought it got something new, item of clothing, a yeah. jacket, I'd be like, oh, I love that jacket. She would wear it. That would be the only yeah. jacket she would wear during the winter because she knew I liked it. Yeah. Right. You know? She liked the way. She liked. She knew you liked exactly. the way she looked in it. Exactly. And right. it, it felt, and she felt more secure knowing that I looked at her mm-hmm. with the intent. Oh, she I love that. that. I love that. for you. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that. And that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Like, I do the same thing. And it's probably going to piss some people off, but... My husband doesn't pick my clothes, but I will ask him, hey, you think this will look good on me? Hmm. And yeah. he's like, yes or no. And if it does, then yeah, you know, I'll buy it and wear it just like that with like the jacket. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a it, big that's thing. That's it should be, right? But I never try to disrespect my husband and wear something that I shouldn't be wearing and I'm 30. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always try to, especially since I'm a parent... I try to respect my husband and not act like I'm in my, you know, early 20s mm. or teens. Like, I dress accordingly and yeah, but why is it, why is it like Yeah, but why is it like that, though? <laughs> like, I don't know why. I think it, it's always been that way. It has, but I'm saying, Me like, personally, I just don't want to upset way. my husband. And when Kellen has pictures, I don't want him to look back and be like, well, my mom's a whore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, so for me, it's out of respect. Yeah. I would never do anything to disrespect Kellen or Trey at all. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I don't mean that. I want to open this up and let's get off of it real quick. But, like, with, you know, with everything trending, is like, since the pandemic, everyone is... Not everyone, but like there are these SGW, like social social justice warrior types uh-huh. who are saying sex work is work, you know, only fans. You know, fans only. Or, it, no, it's only fans. Yeah, you're and not. so like with, with all that is like, if, if that is what you're doing to make feasible income at this time, so be it. I don't care. I hold a more conservative stance. I, I like humility. I like modesty. I'm not going to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I also like don't shame people Mm-mm. who don't align with you on your, your views. Yeah, never. If but she's like, out there and she's making money doing what she thinks that's the only thing and she if she's can got do, got the body for it. Go for it. Like I am all for her, but I'm the more like Southern Baptist conservative. Like I can't ever, you know, think about me. With somebody else other than Trey. That's right. So I can't do that. 
but I support if Sheila over there won't say that. Go for it. Yeah, and I, I do agree with like everyone saying is like we should stop calling people horse. And like if you're an infomaniac, you're an infomaniac. But like you have to understand that there are replications and there are things that are gonna happen to you reputation wise because mm -hmm. of your actions. But what about there's a difference between calling a man a whore and calling a female a whore. Oh, that's that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. It's a that's a thing, is it not? Like one of my good buddies, he gets called a whore all the time, and he is. But and a if lot a of female, them are praised for that. But, a lot yeah, of men yeah, are praised for that, and, and women, women are put are down. That's what I was mm -hmm. gonna say. A girl sleeps with three guys; she's a whore. A, her boyfriend can go out and sleep with fifteen girls. And he gets high fives and, exactly, mm -hmm. and he gets fist bumps, and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. It's a social. Thing that's messed up, yeah. is you, it not? Is it? I agree with that. Well, that's just that goes back from the beginning of time. Men's status has always been higher than women's. That's right. It always has, and that, that's, that's why that our it's like that. Culture is working toward right now to kind of yeah. uh, fix or fit. not fix, but correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, you was talking about the OnlyFans thing that a lot of people look down on that, especially here in the Bible Belt. Mm -hmm. They look down on that, but the, what pisses me off about it is they're going to sit there. And this is just my opinion, but for a girl to get to that point, she it's, it's, there's only a handful of things that led her to that. Uh, and it, it could be from stemming all the way back from childhood. You know, something traumatic happened to them. 100%. Daddy issues. Uh, they could just be lazy and know that's the easy way to make money. I don't know. Well, that, but the yeah, fact first that... First boyfriend nothing, nothing ruined easier. her life. Yeah, but... You know, if, messed her up mentally. Yeah. If people would look at that that way instead of yeah. shaming them, then maybe they would love them enough to try to fix Pull that. Pull them out. Try to fix that. Because you're doing no good downing people. That's yeah. one thing that I, they, this past couple years with me has been, I've always been a guy who's going to nail you on the head for and, and condemn you for all you've done. But I never was loving enough to ask you, what can I do to help you? Or and, why you did that. Yeah. and the, You were the same way. I was, but I'm not now. You're not now, yeah. no. And it I, took a divorce for me to be that way. And that's, you know what? That's that's I mean, it was meant to be. Yeah, and I'm it was supposed glad to be of like it. That, that might have been the, actually you now. That you're not the person you I'm were. I'm not judgmental. No. And that that might. I'm open to ideas. Yeah. And I will love you regardless of what you believe. That yeah. is it. Because mm -hmm. that's what's important. Yeah. And that but might have been like, that had to happen. That, that is the ultimate human experience, right? It's like when we when we quit subjecting ourselves mm -hmm. to hate, mm -hmm. and we start accepting, even if we disagree. And I, I'm not saying that we should just accept everything, but we should be able to have a conversation between two parties that don't agree and try to figure out why they don't agree. Mm. And nobody get mad and get pissy and then walk off or put something on Facebook or yeah. social media yeah. and get people need mad to, about it. People no. need to learn how to love people and not like what they do. Exactly. Because there's but a difference. You know, just as well as I do, your daughter, if she was dating my son mm -hmm. and he'd ever hurt her or do anything to her, you'd want to hurt him. Yeah, no doubt. No, I would... He'd been in the hospital. Hmm. Like, there's a certain way, and now that we're older, like, I think our last generation, like, this right here, that's where shit went south. 
Like the boys now are not being they're not boys, boys mm. or men mm-hmm. even growing up. We were talking about that earlier. They're being crap, and because they're taught from just shit people. Being, they're, they're not being, being taught. taught that's that's the point. That's what we said earlier. They're not being taught by anybody. I was so going to say it was going to be like single mothers, but no, because I know a bunch of single mothers that have outstanding sons. Well, it's you know, not that going back to the. Uh, means and uh, luxuries we put in our lives, it might not even be a broken home, you know. But the dad might have to work all the time because he's got to keep up with the bills. Yeah, and he's just not there. It's not necessarily that the dad wasn't in the life. He just wasn't there to do what he needed to do. And that was my point. But he was probably trying to work for more than what they were meant to More than their means, yeah. Yeah. More than what they... And that's like with the four else I was telling you about and everything that I was saying is if I were to homeschool my offspring and like if I were to be married again is like I want to have a job to where I can be at home mm-hmm. yeah. I can be with my wife I can be with my child and I can be a father and I can lead my mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. not egotistically and not like patriarchally but like no just so you know what like, your child's yeah. being brought up in and, I understand and my wife has just as much say as I Mm-hmm. But I'm the leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. I, I'm the family leader, but I respect that opinion of yours. And that goes back to the being modest thing, does it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She respects you. You respect her. Well, She's not going to show herself where anybody could lust after her or mm-hmm. act, you know. And a lot of women that do that, they are looking for other attention. <laughs> yeah. They are. It's like we said, though, it's like because the man ain't giving them enough attention to it but but i will say a, a good female you're married to one i'm one you you but y'all know it a good female is not going to go out and act like she's younger than what she is or expose herself mm-hmm. i agree with that to anybody mm-hmm. unless they're wanting that, unless their agenda is different than what it's supposed to be a Unless, good woman's not going to do well, that. Well, that's what I'm saying. If it, if, yeah. a, if a, a woman in general, not necessarily a good woman, but if she's doing that, eh, it's not good. It's not good. No, it's not. She's looking for something. And men, we look for stuff, but it ain't in women most of the time. We look for stuff in hobbies and stuff and try to figure out what we want. And well, It's like I said, I have so much stuff that I've started and hadn't finished just because it was exciting for the moment. Right. you know. And then I just put it down and never picked it back up. With like crafts and stuff? I'm the exact same way. I'll like start doing it and then have to stop and then oh, dude, doesn't get done. Kayla's my girl. Like if I need to go to Hobby Lobby, like I gotta Boom. get all these frames and like everything that we've done is like I'm not gonna call anybody other than her. Mm-hmm. Like I know that she's gonna help me, but like we can probably get a better deal somewhere else. Yeah. Or like we won't be able to find this anywhere but here. Yeah. Or you might want to look online. Mm-hmm. Especially with the like custom ones, like that one we. Probably should have got a bigger frame on it, but it looks good. Right? Yeah. But I mean, it was done, and it was done, I guess, correctly. Yeah, and we've got like a lot of work that we've. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got to you, you do a lot. You got a lot. You're going to run out of room in here. Yeah, I've run out of wall. You're going to build a building. Yeah. <laughs> But what I've talked about, like, with some of this art is, like, uh, the Art Council and different businesses around Columbus is getting this art uh, distributed um, in those areas so that mm-hmm. everyone can 
yeah. appreciate it, not just in my home. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that art can be the way that it was meant, meant to be. Just like it's a, to be. Just like a song mm-hmm. is yeah. its public forum, and we can all appreciate it. Or we can just bat an eye, like we were talking about, like, uh, music. It was like, uh, I hate his taste. Well, maybe he hasn't been exposed to good taste. If all he's listened to is Breaking Benjamin, yeah. <laughs> that's all he likes. You're right, because let's just say Trey, for example, he's been exposed to good music, but he just prefers the Luke Bryan, tight pants, mm. country, and then go to the trap music, mm-hmm. like the new, and it's just terrible, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But to him, I think we'll be like, like that the it. older we get till we die. Because you look at older generations now, they'll be like, the stuff we like that we think is good, they'll be like, oh, yeah. that's stupid. Right. I think that's part of nature. I think that's how I would. I think it like uh, with music, like as I like to consider myself like a connoisseur. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm ever expanding and I'm always trying new things. Open. But, I mean, you look. Open, yeah. I got three stacks of CDs up there and like there are multiple genres represented. And I don't get to... I don't get to share all that on the show, but like eventually I'm gonna get to it. Mm-hmm, but it's like it. just getting the good word out about that mm-hmm. to to influence and change culture. Yeah, and right. there's, there's so many people that don't even know. I know with me, I thought I knew a lot of music. I don't because when and I've always known went to you, come to you for, and you've always shown me new music that I've loved, and I've always. If I wanted something new to listen to, I've asked you, asked you. But ever since you know, two years ago when the podcast started, and we, when the music really started kicking up, when you went to Sunstroke, that's when it when it hit. That's when it hit. And after that episode, when you started interviewing musicians that I had never heard of, mm-hmm. but it was really good. I was like, you know what? Yeah, it but they is, all turned out really I good, have right? Been, I, yeah, and I have been in my own little world, and I don't even know the vastness of this whole music thing. Like, I don't even realize, I can't even comprehend how big it is. And for me to, that's the reason now that I listen to anything, you know. Cause yeah, and, and that should be what opens your mind up. Is like when I spent two months in Birmingham, like it was, you know, every weekend for two months I was interviewing different musicians and Cornelius Chapel was kind enough to open up the space. And then sometimes the musicians would even open up their homes to let me come in and interview them and just get a little piece of who they are and their music. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, like, not even just with Birmingham or just with, like, I've had musicians on my show to where I didn't like their music. Mm-hmm. But I wanted their music on my show because I'm not everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it just because they were being real. Yeah. Well, not only. And they were being themselves and mm-hmm. they were also. Very indie, which is something I'm into. Everybody calls me a hipster. I'm not a hipster. I'm just, I just, I like real music. Mm-hmm. You are a hipster. <laughs> well, the thing I'm too. Just playing. The, the thing you said something about you not, you don't like everybody that you've had on the show, and I'm the same way. There's a, a couple of them that it's not that I, you know, it like makes my ears bleed, but it's just not. I don't like it. I don't. I don't, I don't listen to it. You know. But, but you respect I, it. You no, know, I I envy them because they're still doing what they love. Exactly. You know, and they're still making head. If they've got a CD, that means they've made some kind of money. 
That's mm-hmm. that's the thing about it is like uh, I love Joshua Cosby of Star Massey in Memphis. Is uh, when I had him on the show, uh, he really opened up. We went on to become friends. But I like his music, and he was a guy that I could open up to about like with my personal struggles. Like I was telling you earlier, is like I'm a wannabe musician, mm. and. Every time I put a video out or if I do anything with my own personal music, he always writes me and tells me, I know how hard that was, and thank you for putting it out in the world. Mm-hmm. And that is why like, I love this podcast, and that is why I like interviewing music, that's why I like sharing music, because I completely understand how hard it is to be unique to be individual and to put your own work out into the world because you're going to be judged for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to be scrutinized. You're going to be loved. You're going to be hated. You're, you're going to be looked over. You're going to... And but in today's you world, miss every shot you don't take. In today's but world, what you were saying hated. earlier, if everybody would just listen, just calm down, just be happy for that person, it's like that old Doobie Brothers everything song. would be so much better. Oh, Mr. Music. Oh, Mr. Music. That's it. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> but if if everybody could just be on the same page, or at least try to, and be happy for their neighbor or partner, whatever, like everything well, would the be problem, a lot. The problem with that, you said be on the same page. The problem with that is not everybody's in the same book. That's true. No matter what book it is, they ain't. You can be on the same page number five, but yeah. if you're in the wrong book, the wrong chapter, you, you still ain't gonna line up. Revision. Yeah, you, you might be looking at like an old text. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's been well, even, yeah four or five times. Even you know? if we had the same book, <laughs> reading something different or like reading, reading something it. the same, and it could be different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd mm-hmm. be so lost and so mm-hmm. whatever. But, but I think that's why we I was need to be together. Just be on this, like be nice. Mm-hmm. And just love everybody. I think that's there you go. That's why that's we need to issue. be together, though. So with that is like, uh, I'm gonna kick our female correspondent off. Kayla, thank you for joining us. We're gonna wrap right. up. Mucho gracias. We, we needed we that. We wanted to get the female perspective. We needed that insight. Maybe I did that. We, we gotta we gotta wrap up though. We're getting like two hours in. Thank you, Kayla. Thank Cut you, it Kayla. Off. It's good to see you. I'm glad you got to see me. Too. See me and my child for a little bit. That was Willa Dean. That was needed. That was needed. It was very... It's like we wanted to know the female mind. Let's get a female mind in here, right? Yeah. Well, dude, I got one more topic, and then I want to get off of here. Okay. Because we're looming all over two hours. Did you know that we were going to do this? We, we wanted to do... This is I invited Andrew over here. We were going to write a comedy sketch, and we were going <laughs> to... Yep play music and here we are podcasting and like we literally only did this yeah that's it and so my last question for you is what have you been listening to who are your favorites right now i have got on this outlaw country western kick so big like i don't know what it is but if any of y'all have never heard of culture wall Go look up The Devil Wears a Suit and Tie mm-hmm. and listen to that song. You might not like it, 
but to me it was just something unique about his voice the way he plays his guitar ain't even in tune i'm good his guitar ain't even in tune perfect tune i mean it, it's just i don't know it's something unique about it and he is one of the best storytellers and and i watched an interview with him and he talked about that he said that the most important thing and i have never thought about this if because i haven't wrote many songs i maybe have wrote two uh and even when I did that, it was just like off the top of my head within 15 minutes. It was like lightning struck. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I struck gold and didn't, not necessarily gold, but that's you know, right. You know what I'm saying? I want to, well, let's, let's off that mm-hmm. and get right back to it. But like when you came over to the house today and you grabbed my guitar and you started playing Those on the Grindstone by Tyler Childers. Great. Awesome. And I heard the emotion mm-hmm. in your voice. And whether you agree or not, is like when you sing those words, that story, especially in the first verse, is you. Mm-hmm. Is broke his back, you know. Couldn't, couldn't work anymore. Couldn't work anymore. And like, it I, almost haunted me the first time that you played it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to step brother you, mm-hmm. but I could barely look you in the eyes. <laughs> well, you, know, you gotta know I'm just I'm not just some guy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you playing right now? <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's like Fergie and Jesus. It's like I felt my body above my body, watching myself. Not not, not only that line too. I mean, it talks about uh, the pill thing. Yeah, know, that's been a problem for me in the past, and that song relates to me. A lot. I do. Mm. And so, I mean, do you agree with my, like, when you when you came to my house and you picked up my guitar and that was the first song that you sang is like, like, dude, I just wanted to beat my chest and just salute you. And it was like, yes. Mm. And, like, that emotion that you, in your, I've never heard you sing a song like that. And I've heard you sing th- hundreds of songs mm. but the emotion and you want to talk about culture wall is great storyteller mm-hmm. is like dude you literally just sang a story song about yourself and so think about kennedy think about millport there are all these stories and you and i can be the arbiter of these heartbreak stories and it is that West Virginia, that Kentucky, mm-hmm. that these small towns that those cats that we respect and cover their songs, we can be those same guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can own those because we we know more horrific stories than that. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I think that's one breakthrough. I think I want to kind of have too is being able to play everything I play and sing with the emotion and intensity that drives me in that song. Because I don't, like you said, you've never heard me sing like that, but that's because that song means so much to me. Yeah. Like it speaks to me. You know, the first time I heard that song, Hmm. I pictured your father telling you that. Yeah. You believe that? Mm, That makes sense. I can see it. Keep your nose on the grindstone and stay out of the pills. Mm -hmm. Because as long as I've known you, I would never say that it ever took you but it weighed on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It affected it. It altered a little bit the course of life. But. And for you to sing it and like, I could hear like, I wish I would have recorded it. That was, 
I don't know. Would you? I'll do it again. You want to play a little bit for us? I'll do it. Uh, any anything else? Like th- this is the closing of the show. Uh, anything else you want to say or do? I do like. I think this is the best episode that, that has so. ever happened. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I have one thing to say to anyone who's listening and who doesn't already know uh, this, the most important thing you can do for anybody is love them, and that. Love can bring love is the only thing that I think can bring this country into unity that of that nine eleven unity that we had. I think we need to sit down, and I, I guess I say we, me, is really need to sit down my wants and so much look at look at my needs, but not my wants, and look at the needs of others. I think that's what we need to do as a country to get back into the way we need to be to where it's more it's more better. I agree with that. So, uh, Andrew. Yes, sir. So good to have you on here by the play. We got to redo our set and get everything ready for a guitar and mic. And by the way, this was the first time that Porch Talk was shot with more than one mic. Dose mics. Yeah. Yeah, son. We're out of here. Thank y'all so much. If you would, um, MunsonBrothers.com. If you'll go to my website, Porch-Talk.net. If you will click on the Munson Brother link, or just go directly to their site, um, shop with them. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up. You're probably looking for something for that bearded wonder in your life. Mm. We have everything that they need to be well-groomed and smelling great. And so I would encourage you to shop Munson and Brothers. If you type the word porch talk, all one word, at your checkout, you'll get a 10% discount. Also, at the end of this, rate and review. Yes, please. Rate and review this thing. It, it really does help. You know, uh, We want to hear what y'all have to say. I know you want to hear what people have to say. Yeah, yeah. I wanna, like Any Suggestions or anything. You know, whatever, you're, yeah. whatever your heart says, let us know. Because if you don't, then it's just words unspoken. And it's actions that can't be taken if we don't know. And that's the thing about like the whole thing that we've been talking about is like being proactive Mm -hmm. is we all have a voice. Everyone. Mm -hmm. And so we all have a platform of some sort. That's right. Mm -hmm. And if you like the work that we're doing, let us know, let us know. And the greatest way is to rate and review and share and share. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So you're going to play for us. Yes, sir. Introduce the song in yourself. And this is Andrew Watkins, and this is Nose to the Grindstone by Tyler Childers. Daddy worked like a mule mine in Pike County coal. He fucked up his back and couldn't work anymore. He said, one of these days you'll get out of these hills. Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills See the ways of this world just bring you to tears Keep the Lord in your heart and you'll have nothing to fear Live the best that you can, don't lie and don't steal Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills 
Danny, I've been trying I just can't catch a break There's too much in this world that I can't seem to shake I remember your words, Lord, they brings me the chills Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the bill Keep in mind that a man's just as good as his word It takes twice as long to build the bridges you burn There's hurt you can cause, time alone cannot heal Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills Well Danny, I've been trying, I just can't catch a break There's too much in this world that I can't seem to shake I remember your word, Lord, it brings me to chill Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills. Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills. Woo! Hey! Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.